Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the company, and the people that are shaping the evolution of retail. And today, we turn our spotlight on an exciting new company, Shift. And we are joined today by the CEO of Shift, Brett Patrontash. Brett, welcome to the show. Chris, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Sure thing, man. I, I think that was seriously the hardest last name I've had to pronounce since Moose Dikersky. So hopefully I didn't butcher that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a pleasure, man. I, I'm excited to have you on the show. We've been talking to you for a good bit of time. This has been a topic, workforce management, labor management, uh, new age, next generation, however you want to call it. It's been a topic that's been of interest to us really since probably the start of the year, I think, is when Anna and I first got turned on to the yeah. whole concept back at, back at NRF and just some of the things we were exposed to out there. So really excited to turn our spotlight on you and on Shift today and, and learn more about it, both for us and, and especially for our audience. So, well, why don't we start? Your origin story is incredibly interesting. So, and I always love that from the, from the standpoint of entrepreneurs in general. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, how your company got started? Sure. I'd be happy to share that. Yeah. So back before we started Shift, I actually came from a home services background. So we had a uh, summer painting company for students back when I was in college at McGill uh, in Canada. And we uh, basically had a company that helped um, you know, students make money during the summer months running uh, painting jobs for you know, residential homes. And so we had uh, about 200 painters and there was no real way to communicate with them or message with them. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to go out and build a company to help brands and retailers and all sorts of types of companies connect with their frontline workers on mobile and really help um, shift workers around the world, um, you know, get access to new income opportunities and just kind of manage their lives better. So that's, that was the impetus as to why we got started. Uh, and then we spent a lot of time really doing user research. So we were in the malls interviewing uh, quite a lot of uh, shift workers at different retail locations. Um, quite a few years ago and asking what their problems were. Uh, and we went and built a solution to really solve the problem from the user up perspective. And what's the timeline here? So we're talking, okay, college painter, what year is this? What, when, when are we talking about here? So I was, so the, the company was called Scholars at Your Service and I was there. Was. Okay. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> uh, from 2008 to 2012, uh, you know, I was very focused on that. And then around, Sort of 2012, 2013 is when the idea for this first came about. Okay. Uh, and then I think kind of got more full swing into effect a few years after that in 2015, 2016. And Brett, what were people you, like, how were you managing that staff previously? Like, what, what was the method of just text messaging or how were you getting in contact with people? Well, I mean, back in 2012, you know, shift workers earning 10 to $15 an hour didn't really all have smartphones. I mean, if you, this is, this is dating, sure. you know, quite a few right. years back, that smartphone saturation getting down to the frontline worker, um, really only started to happen between 2012 and 2014 from 2009 to 2012. I mean, you know, college students were getting iPhones. The iPhone three was out. I mean, these were like the early days for mobile apps. Sure. Uh, so that wasn't really an option. Uh, you know, calling text messages, carrier pigeons with like post-it <laughs> notes, like whatever it took really. Right. So, yeah, it's so a, tons of manual labor. I mean, that's a huge management issue is figuring out how you're connecting with each of these, these shift workers. So how did you pivot Absolutely. there? Then, that question with Dan, like, how did you, how did you then say, okay, like all this is happening? Like you mentioned, like starting to interview people at malls, like how did you pivot from like 
trying to manage all that that way. Where, where was that seminal moment in that discovery process around this opportunity? Well, I think, um, you know, so I was, I was living in Montreal, Canada at the time, and there was this kind of new startup ecosystem that was being built there. And I was really intrigued by it. And so I started getting a bit more involved in that community. Um, and I think right when Yammer got acquired by Microsoft in 2012, mm. um, that was kind of this real aha moment because the enterprise social network space for office workers uh, through web experiences had become really popular from 2008 to 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just seemed obvious that that would now transcend to the next like billion workers, these frontline shift workers on mobile who are just getting access to mobile technology in their pockets. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like framed the market. Um, and it just, it just seemed like a, a real trend that was going to happen. And it took a long time to build momentum. I mean, it's really only the last, you know, fast forward now, many years later, it's really only the last, you know, I don't know, 18 months to three years that uh, national retailers are really uh, picking up to this phenomenon and saying like, yes, we are now ready to deploy uh, mobile technology to our fleets um, on personal devices. Took, it took quite a long time. So a lot, a lot of research, a lot of, uh, a lot of thought has gone into it. What was, the, what was the thing that was preventing these retailers from, from moving forward with this, Brett? What did you come across? Well, I think back in like, let's think like, you know, 2013, 14, 15, 16, like it just wasn't a thing yet. I mean, okay. the concept of like, we need an app for mobile work for our mobile workforce, like just didn't, it wasn't required yet because smartphones were still penetrating that, you know, part of the market. I think when you look at 2015, 2016, okay, now everyone has smartphones, you know, Android devices are more affordable. Um, you know, now it's like, okay, we need, we need a mobile solution for workforce management. Sure. But it still wasn't core. Uh, and then fast forward a few years from there into 2017, 18, and now it starts to become a bit more table stakes. You know, people are really requesting better flexibility solutions. Um, in 2016 in Seattle and just previous to that in 2015 in San Francisco and Emeryville, um, you had, you started to have the scheduling legislation movement that um, require two weeks notice for schedules and like, you know, penalty pay could exist if employers change schedules with less than that notice. Hmm. And so you ended up in a, a situation where you really just needed to be able to provide more flexibility through scheduling on mobile. And our app helped people swap shifts and message each other and kind of create that real-time labor optimization. So, and that scheduling legislation movement has only picked up steam in the last couple of years. And it's, it's, likely going to go national. Um, well, you know, it's going state by state by now, but I'm, I'm sure it'll continue to build momentum. And Brett, there's an important nuance there in what you said. I want to make sure, I, I think, I want to make sure, one, I want to confirm it, but one, one I want to make sure we highlight it too, is that with, within that legislation, there's only so much, say, the retailer for our audience, essentially, there's only so much the retailer can do and can, can control within those windows. Once you get past the point of no return, you have to be really careful from a legislation perspective in terms of what you're demanding of your workers. So solutions like, say, what you're trying to do or just solutions in general that then put the power autonomy of that back in the hand of the worker themselves to make the decisions of how they want to change how they're working within those windows of time are, are pretty vital, right? Is that, is that an important thing to consider in, the, in this equation? I, I at least remember that from my days running stores. Yeah, it's, it's pretty critical. I mean, at the end of the day, Shift is an app that helps retail workers uh, swap shifts, message each other, and manage their schedules, access their schedules on mobile. All sorts of like flexibility features for schedule management um, that our user up or built for the associate. 
And so what you see is like that, that scheduling legislation movement was kind of like a government response to a much larger like macro market problem, which was labor optimization from this like legacy, you know, workforce equation. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at like the last 20 years of scheduling as what I call demand side scheduling. So you have employers getting really good and vendors getting really good at forecasting labor demand and knowing when we need workers to work. And then these two week schedules get issued and then it would become a black box. Like mm-hmm. people would get would, would get these schedules and then you'd see printed schedules in the back room of pretty much like every retail mm-hmm. establishment. Um, and then what would happen is people would take photos of these schedules. They would text each other and they'd create. Uh, a massive Facebook groups called shift swap groups, you know, on Facebook and WhatsApp groups to solve this problem. And then all that, all that labor optimization data is lost. So what we've built is like the world's first supply side scheduling system. So we ingest those schedules uh, and then we allow employees to broadcast open shifts, um, get them covered in minutes. Uh, and then we sort of leverage that data to get smarter about how schedules are created um, in real time. So you can have a better sense of actually who's working where and doing what than you actually probably have had in the past. That's what you're saying? For sure. You can see data trends on what types of employees are picking up that Saturday morning shift every week, you know, or who's trading that Friday evening shift every week. Um, it allows employers to have better conversations about worker availability. Um, it allows uh, employers to identify sort of weak spots where they know maybe they'll be understaffed a week and a half from now based on these uh, data trends. Yeah, and I can, I can think back to my days doing this. Like, and it limits a heck of a lot of calls just trying to track down people to fill in shifts or trying to help people with all of the swapping right. that goes on. And, and to your point, like, I think I know who's working there, but did they really when you start to go back and, and look at that over the long run? Um, well, so how do you... Th- so in terms of the solution then, I think that makes sense conceptually. I mean, you guys... Sounds like consciously, you're not focusing at all. You're not looking at, say, the hiring side of this. This is more once people have been hired, the operation is stood up. You know, how do you make f- scheduling, flexibility, and management really easy for both the retailer in this case and the worker? Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Once you're kind of in circuit, you're trained, you're onboarded, and now you need to manage your schedule or you need to make real time exchanges. If your car breaks down on the side of the road, you know, how do we help someone else make sure that that um, you know shift is covered? Got it. Got it. And so then from a benefits perspective, where are the, where do, where do the benefits really reside both on both sides of that equation for the retailer and then for, for the employee or the worker? Sure. So from an employee side, employees can make more money. They can get access to work opportunities that they maybe wouldn't have had access to before because they only knew you know a few people's phone numbers at the store. Just so they can pick up shifts and make more money for rent or for their monthly expenses. Um, they get schedule flexibility. Uh, and in a case study that we did with a national retailer, we found that 93% of associates actually looked at shift as a benefit uh, and a reason as to why they would want to work at that retailer. Um, and so with schedule flexibility, I mean, you know, people's lives change. They, this concept of having this fixed kind of two-week schedule that I know two weeks out doesn't really account for variability. And so we've now built the system where if an employee can't make it in, you know, they can broadcast that shift and someone else can cover it. And they're not you know, reprimanded for that. That's just an acceptable behavior. So they really get this flexibility to manage their lives a little bit better. And they also save time. Um, Employees report saving, you know, 1.25 hours per week in using shift uh, to manage their schedule because they can just instantly broadcast a shift to, you know, 40 people at their store. um, And in a few minutes, someone else can cover that. So it no longer takes them calling a list of uh, associates. 
On the employer side, we are reducing absenteeism quite substantially. So we'll reduce absenteeism um, by 61%. Um, we're saving managers anywhere from two to five hours a week. You know, uh, a quarter of managers actually report saving, you know, more than four to five hours a week in using our application. Because what used to happen is they'd get a text or a call out from an associate, and then they'd have to go to the back room and start dialing through a roster of associates to see who could come into the store. And in, you know, holiday peak, nobody has time to do that. People need to be on the floor driving conversion, uh, managing the operation. And so we actually see, um, you know, quite a few, quite a lot of time savings for managers, a reduction of absenteeism, and morale also increases. So three out of four employees, you know, say that shift just improves workplace morale in general. You know, people have happier schedules, happier lives, better ability to serve customers. Yeah, that's really great that it's, you know, it's almost an added amenity in this time when finding good uh, employees is is challenging. I think this kind of gives retailers a leg up there being able to provide the service to their employees and the flexibility really. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, employees are looking for benefits and reasons to, to work at a retailer um, and they want a modern, you know, relevant experience um, that matches the types of software that they use in their personal lives. And, you know, everyone has access to Uber. People can call a car on demand. You know, they, they want to be able to manage their schedule um, in a way that suits their lives. Yeah, it's really that's a really interesting point too. I mean, I, I think this is one of the first, one of the things that really drew me to this conversation when you and I first started talking too. It's it's kind of just that inherent kind of engagement or you know overall team morale benefit that comes with this. I think it's really interesting within the context of the millennial generation too, because basically essentially what you're saying is like people want to be in control of what they can control and they want to be able to do it efficiently. And retailers, to your point, throughout the last 20 years have always like held a real tight control on how this all worked. But now you're saying, if I heard you right, you're saying, you know what, I'm actually going to give control of the what happens in the event of a call out to my actual workforce itself. Like, I don't need to be involved in that. I'm going to put the ownership on you, employee or millennial, to solve this problem. And it's up to you to do that. If you, have a, if you can't come in, find somebody to take your shift. Or something unexpected happens, you know, find somebody to take your shift. That is inherently very rewarding. I have to think that is that a benefit for the retailers you work with then? Yeah, I mean, you know, and when you give people autonomy, they rise to the occasion. And so when you give workers that flexibility and that autonomy to be able to manage their schedule and find their own coverage, you see an increase in accountability to the team schedule. You know, if someone broadcasts a shift and doesn't get covered, well, they've notified their other 25 coworkers that about that shift. So they're not just going to be a no-call, no-show. They're going to show up. We, we see an actual increase in attendance in that situation. Um, or they're going to be able to broadcast it and get someone to cover it in minutes and kind of build team camaraderie around ensuring that the store is staffed. Um, so when you give the workers that, that autonomy, they really rise to the occasion. Yeah, wow. You can see who's doing it and who's not right, right in real time. Brett, what are some of the, the uh, maybe a case study or when you're out, you know, telling people about Shift, what are some of the stories or examples that you like to share that really kind of give you a reason for kind of evangelizing this, this product? Well, I think at the end of the day, uh, we're making lives better for Shift workers around the world. You know, people are, are looking for a solution to their problem and it's a real problem out there. And, and I think we've built a tool that helps them solve it. Um, I think retailers are definitely, you know, understanding that they need to bring um, a relevant solution to the table. 
Um, and, you know, we've been able to prove that through case study data and through some national deployments that we've worked on, that this is a real value add. Um, and we can get retailers mobile today. You know, a lot of times you're, you're working with systems that a retailer has worked with for a long time and they're not uh, mobile enabled today. And so we can do a variety of integrations that will actually help them take the system that they're on and, and get mobile today um, so that their workers can access it on their own devices. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the does- new trend that the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, what does that onboarding process look like when you start to join up with a retailer or they start to work with you? Well, I think we'll take a look at what their current stack looks like from a technology perspective. And, uh, you know, are they currently, have they currently deployed anything on mobile? And the majority of time, they have not yet deployed any mobile solution to their workers. And so it's the first time that they're implementing a solution that will go on uh, a personal device for associates. So this is a very new experience, right? People know that they, they want to go there, but there's um, really a bit of change management that we work with along the way to help retailers become comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so firstly, SIFT at the end of the day is always a voluntary opt-in program for associates. So this is a benefit to associates. It's not a mandatory program. So the employer will provide it and then there'll be some voluntary opt-in language that ensures that the associate is consenting to using it. Um, on their own device, and that they're, you know, this is, this is, they view it as a, a benefit to them. Um, there's web tools that are available as well for associates who maybe don't have a small smartphone or, or don't want to use their personal device. So I think kind of going through current technology, talking about transition plans, a bit of change management, and how to roll the application out. Uh, and then once we've kind of identified the solution and built out any integrations required, we roll it out. And usually you get really strong adoption right out of the gates. The really unique thing about how we built our software is that, you know, and I don't know if I mentioned this yet, we actually started as a B2C application. So back in 2015, 2016, and early uh, 2017, we were actually uh, a direct consumer app that workers could just go to the app store uh, and download it and invite their friends and start broadcasting shifts and sharing schedules and things like that. And so, you know, we, we had certain circumstances where you would see an installation on day one, and by the second day, 30 coworkers are already on the app, you know, messaging each other or trading shifts. Um, I've seen something, you know, our, one, of, one of our most dramatic examples is probably one location. Uh, it was actually an airline location in the cargo bay that hmm. we had within 36 hours, about 450 users register at this site and just start using it for broadcasting and swapping shifts in real time. So this kind of organic consumer social media style application, when you now apply that to an enterprise um, solution framework, it self-deploys to some extent. You know, you roll it out, you put out the launch comms, you put it in the hands of workers, and they just know how to use it. There isn't a huge amount of training or, you know, a huge amount of help, support, you know, tickets that are coming through. Obviously, there's support and we do that. Um, but I think that the concept is that people put it in their hands, they know how to use it and deploys, and you gain that voluntary adoption uh, to the benefit of both employers and employees. Yeah, right. With the backing of the company itself, it's not something being done behind the scenes and then also the training there as a support for it to be successful. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense, especially if you're seeing that in the data just from the on the initial ways you said about doing this. How, how, why focus on for retail? Sure. And just to, oh, no, please. And, and just to add one more thing to that, like... Now picture a world where hundreds of thousands of workers are now, like if you're a retail workforce with 50,000 or 100,000 workers, um, and you're now getting push notification reminders for 
um, your shifts on mobile, you're now you know getting sending like millions of push notifications reminding workers to show up on time for their shift annually. Uh, that's just a huge benefit. That's going to yeah. increase your attendance and decrease absenteeism right there. Um, so you see, you see a lot of net gain from being in a zero state mobile position to deploying mobile for the first time um, for schedule management. Yeah, I think the other thing that comes to mind too is I can remember I can remember stories from my days in the field too, and and you probably remember this from your days too in the field. But like it, people, there's a lot of people that want shifts and they just can't mm-hmm. get them. And like I mean, I, story and I think people sometimes in the ivory towers of corporate headquarters forget that. And there, I mean, there's people in offices crying to say, "I need another shift. How can you give me another mm-hmm. shift?" And so, you know, things like this I think inherently unlock that, which is incredibly important, especially as you think of all the things that are happening macroeconomically, not to get political, but I think it's just, that that's an important aspect of just, just there's people that want to work and how do you make it easy for them? So I think kudos on that front. Why, why focus on retail? I started going there before. Why, why, why did you guys end up deciding to kind of, kind of hone into this space specifically? So I think it's a vertical for us where we had a lot of organic adoption of the application. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we do have, and we still have, uh, you know, a B2C version of the app and any user can go and just download from the, uh, iOS store or the play store. Um, but I think, you know, and, and within our organic adoption, we have a, a wide variety of verticals. So we have retail, hospitality, um, you know, distribution centers, airlines, uh, a wide, a wide variety of different verticals. Mm-hmm. I think as an early stage team, you do have to be focused when you start servicing the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And we seem to have a good collection of retail customers where we had an organic adoption base and we approached the retailers and said, hey, is this something that you know, you're interested in learning more about from an enterprise perspective? And we just found really great partners who wanted to engage uh, and work with us. And so that kind of led us down the path to say, we, you know, let's stay focused on retail. We do, I'd say our core two verticals right now from an enterprise perspective are retail and supply chain. We do um, focus on distribution centers that support retail as well. And, and that's its own space. It's becoming, I mean, that, you know, if I, if I said kind of the last 20 years of scheduling has been demand side for retail, um, distribution centers are still living in like a fixed shift environment from maybe 40 years ago. And okay. there's a lot less workforce management that's happened in that space. So that's, that's even more green field for new ways to um, connect with workers about schedules. Really? So what, explain that more. That's interesting. So in supply chain or in distribution centers right now, the majority is still done via fixed shift. So you'll sign up, you'll give your availability for a period of time, and you'll say, okay, for the next three months or for the next six months, this is your schedule. Every week, it's the same thing. Whereas in retail, in store operations, um, you know, it's a lot more part-time and people are getting variable schedules based on demand and based on changing schedules. So they're getting a new schedule every two weeks. Whereas in distribution centers, you're getting a fixed schedule for the next, like, you know, you know, period of time. Okay. Um, and, and so what's happening now is you see distribution centers wanting to attract talent and wanting to switch into a more flexible environment. Um, and they're looking for tools to be able to broadcast open shifts, broadcast voluntary time off requests, uh, and a variety of other labor optimization features that we offer. Um, I think the difference is workforce management has never truly made it into distribution centers, whereas workforce management, and by that I mean like software that schedules employees, is very prevalent in retail. Like every retailer has a, a WFM solution, but not for supply chain. Supply chain is still paper and pen. You know, you're coming in, this is your fixed shift. And so now for people who want to go mobile and who want to get on-demand labor, um, it's kind of like 
picture it like a, a less developed country, like skipping past like web infrastructure and just going right to mobile. It's, it's kind of like what's happening here in, in distribution centers. Well, it kind of makes sense too, because the demand has been so high for that field right now. So I think when you start putting it on the, the or put it, putting it through the lens of, like you said, it's, it's almost like a benefit option for right. workers to attract them. I mean, gosh, the explosion in, in that type of work is, is just, is just crazy right now. So there's gotta be, you gotta do whatever you can to attract people into that space, which hasn't ever been the case before. So yeah, I think you could see macroeconomically why that would be happening. Really? I'm glad you kind of took us. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, people are starting to get pretty creative around the types of solutions they're asking for. Now that employers are saying, let's go implement solutions, you do have people asking for, well, how do I do cross-location labor sharing? Or how do I get on-demand labor from someone who doesn't yet work in my organization? And, you know, we have our views of the best way to continue developing that market, but it is a pretty exciting time. Yeah. Talk more about that. I, I, God, I love the pivots you're taking. That's why I love doing this because you never know exactly which way this is going to go, but you stay engaged and you kind of find these new kind of routes and avenues to talk about things. But what you said, something cross-location sharing, What what is that? What do you mean by that exactly? So if you are um, an employee at a retail site and you're using Shift, you can actually broadcast Shift to a collection of stores and find coverage cross-site. So, mm. you know, this is, this so it's is not just in a, more, in a store itself. It's cross sites of the retailer. That's right. So let's say you have, um, you know, 10 sites in a, in a city and you're looking to trade shipment shifts because you have a 5 a.m. shift. That's a call out and you need someone to come in. You can actually broadcast that shift to a site that's nearby and another employee can show up at your site uh, and come into work. Um, obviously, they're currently employed. They're trained by your brand, but they can work cross site. Hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And it expands your mind in terms of how you're thinking about this conversation that we just had for the past 20 minutes. So interesting, interesting stuff. Well, what's on the horizon for you guys? Like, so what's the next year look like? What's the next 18 months look like? What are the new features from a product development standpoint you guys are looking at? How are you looking to continue to augment and, 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 you know, take shift into the future? Always, always some new exciting stuff coming out. You'll have to catch up with us at NRF for uh, the hottest updates in 2020. Nice. Um, right. I think <laughs> is that when know, they're coming? A, a, right, I like it. That's when, yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, share the the good stuff. Uh, I can't, get, you know, share everything uh, on on our call today. <laughs> but um, we should have some fun announcements then. Uh, I think for us, the last year has been about focusing on uh, a lot on market research, a lot on integrations um, and infrastructure. So we've been kind of like building a lot of the work in the background to be able to support our next big push um, from a feature development perspective. We've released some cool stuff uh, like mass broadcasting of open shifts, mass BTO call-offs, um, some cool features that are applicable for both retail and supply chain. I'd say, um, I, you know, I'm not going to give too much away right now as to what's coming up in the next 18 months, but why don't we circle back around NRF 2020 and hopefully we'll have some good updates to share. That sounds amazing. We'll hold you to good it. Good teaser. We'll hold you to it. All right. You ready for this? Now, the moment everyone out there who's been listening has been waiting for, uh, we're going to play How Millennial Are You? So, Anne... If you will, please do the honors. We will. Brett, are you ready for how millennial are you? I guess I'm ready. I, I must warn you, I don't think I'm too millennial. So I, We hear that a lot, but you might, you might surprise yourself. And your product sounds like a millennial dream. So yeah, exactly. I don't know about that, but yeah, we'll see. We should maybe just give him the title just because of the product, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take you through the Honorary questions either way. Um, okay, Brett, when the option is available... You're at the grocery store, you're checking out. Are you using mobile payment or are you pulling out a credit card or cash? 
I am still pulling out a credit card. So I'll pay by card. Um, I refuse to carry cash and I won't shop at places that only accept cash. Okay. So I'm like fully digital on credit card, but okay. I'm not a mobile payments guy. Okay. Really? Why not? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm a little bit old school. I feel like, um, I feel, you know, here, how about this? I like to diversify my portfolio. And <laughs> oh, I think right. if I rely, okay. wow. if I rely on my mobile device for a hundred percent of both my communications and financial transactions, what happens if I lose my phone? Uh, you've used your credit card. I guess, right? <laughs> fair enough. Fair right, enough. Fair right. enough. Wow, the guy who's developing mobile apps for shift swapping uh, just went mole- uh, went baby boomer on the diversification right. angle. Nice work, my friend. <laughs> nice work. Hey, okay. I told you, I'm a, I'm an old soul. <laughs> That's all awesome. right. Well, let's see if you can redeem yourself with this next one. Uh, in the last week, how many times have you used an app to order food and drinks, and or drinks, coffee? Oh, dinner diversification strategy yeah. doesn't work on this one my friend <laughs> uh i have not i have not used an app in the last week to order food uh or a drink um oh wow i, t- I told you i don't know how millennial have i am you, have but, you uh, ordered have you ordered takeout in the last week or gotten coffee or anything i have not I, I typically go to the grocery store use my wallet and then go home and make dinner so that's <laughs> i i don't i try to uh avoid ordering takeout when i can Wow, this is amazing. I know. This is really amazing. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try one more. Um, if you could only use one social app for the rest of your life, which one would you choose and why? When you're at home making your dinner. Hmm, probably Shift. But, <laughs> dun, dun, uh, you're the first one that's uh, ever I guess done my... that. That's amazing. That's great too. No one's ever done that before. Nice work. I'd say my my favorite uh, personal social app would probably be Instagram. Um, I like sharing stories there. I like um, you know accessing really cool like vacation photos and things like that. And I think it has a lot of the happy and fun, um, while with leaving aside a lot of the like political and serious that some other social media apps can have. Um, so I'd say Instagram is probably my favorite pick. Cool. I totally agree. I think yeah. that's a good. Yeah, we're hearing that the vacation angles come up two call two podcasts in a row now. Yeah, We've heard the vacation sharing photos uh, mm-hmm. and, and learning about vacation destinations and things of that nature on Instagram. So that's something we'll have to key in on a little discovery. bit more too. Yeah, all about discovery again. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, we might need to link up at NRF for some other things too. Maybe like on the <laughs> self help side of things. But uh, in addition, <laughs> keeping up on what's going on with shift. But but that that was amazing. That was great. I think I've said amazing like four times, but it really was. That was a ton of fun. Um, hey, Brett, if people want to learn more about Shift uh, based on interest or just what they've learned here today, what is where is the best place for them to go? How should they get in contact with you or the company? Well, there's a couple things you could do. You could check out myshift.com, which is M-Y-S-H-Y-F-T.com. You could go to the App Store uh, or Play Store and look for Shift and download and play around with the app. Um, or you could email me at Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at myshift.com, and I'll be happy to get back to you, um, you know, with any questions that you have. If you want a session on the space at all or have any cool creative retail ideas you want to share or anything you think could be helpful, I'm always happy to chat. Or get on the list for the 2020 announcement. <laughs> yeah, that's that. it. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, you know, that'll, that's also a good idea. That's right. That's right. Get, get, the, early, get the early scoop. All right. Well, that was awesome. Uh, again, we've been sitting down with the CEO of Shift, Brett Patrintash. Uh, great origin story on this company. Great product in terms of helping make 
working more flexible for workers across retail, across supply chain. Company to keep an eye on. We're excited to see. We've been joking, but a company we are excited to see what happens for them in the next six months and excited to continue to connect with them as we go into 2020. So Brett, thank you so much. And on behalf of Anne and myself, to all of you, be careful out there.